at verses 16 to 20. It can be found at page 1000 of the Bibles. The Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you. My name's Gareth. Jesus said, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus said, all authority in heaven, and, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. If we could have that up on the screen, I invite you to say it with me. Action's optional. So it's Jesus, I'll show you, I'll just run them through. So it's Jesus said, all authority, which is a crown, then we're pointing up and down. All right, let's go, go for it. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Wow. Now remember, it's Jesus saying that. Yeah, someone says, not to me, me. Jesus said that. Imagine you met someone for the first time. Maybe this week there's a new child in your class or a new teacher, uh, or you've got a new colleague or a new neighbor, and they say, hello. One thing you need to know is that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What would you think of that person? Crazy. Absolutely crazy. All authority in heaven and on earth given to me. But that is what Jesus says to us this morning. That is what Jesus says to each of us this morning, that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. Here's our main point. Jesus is the boss. Jesus is the boss. That's what Jesus says. He is the boss. He's not a boss. He's not one of the bosses. He is the boss. All authority in heaven and on earth. Thank you. That can come down if it hasn't already. We're going to uh, have our sermon time split in two. So we're going to sing in the middle. But this first section, we're going to think of what it is that Jesus is the boss. And we're going to think of actually a problem some people have with bosses. Some people have a problem with bosses or the word authority. Maybe that's us if we're older. We're suspicious about authority. We've seen authority done badly, gone wrong. And if you're younger, if you're a child growing up, what you're hearing probably without you realizing it, is teaching you not to really trust people in authority, that sooner or later, everyone's bad. Be suspicious. So uh, we're going to spend all our time together, as Simon has said. Uh, and when we have an all-age time, it's a bit like eating when there are children present. All right? If you go out for a, for a nice candlelit dinner, it's not the same if kids are there, right? And that's fine. So we're all together. Think of it like that sort of um, a big family meal, church family together. So, uh, what we're going to think of, firstly, is shouldn't we get rid of bosses 
And then secondly, what makes Jesus boss in this first section? Shouldn't we get rid of bosses? Okay, I'd like two volunteers, please. Uh, they both need to be able to read my bad handwriting uh, and have a loud voice. Uh, yeah, George, thank you. And one other? Is that a hand up over there? You coming? You can volunteer up to the front. You coming? All right. Okay, come up onto the yes. Come up onto the stage. Let's do that. Come up on here. Okay. So we're going to have a hat, and we're going to imagine that this hat, whoever wears the hat, is the boss. All right. Got that? This is this is the boss hat. So let's um let's put it on. Let's put it on here. Okay. So you put the hat the hat on. Right. So what does that what does that you can you can just shout this out loud. I'm the boss. Okay, here's the boss with the boss hat, okay? Now, just, now this, we're going to watch them. You have to think. You have to really engage your brain. So you're going to say this. No, you're not. No, you're not. And then say, throw the boss hat on the floor. Throw the boss hat on the floor. Can you say that? Can you, yeah, say it now. Shout it out. Throw the boss hat. Throw the boss hat on the floor. All right, so wait. So George has been told to throw. This. You said, no, he's not the boss. And throw the boss hat on the floor. All right? So we had a claim to someone's the boss, and now someone else has said, no, you're not the boss. Get rid of the hat, throw it on the floor. Okay, so if George lifts the hat off his head, just do the first bit, so he takes the hat off. Now he's been told to throw it on the floor. I want you now to turn to someone next to you and think, where should the hat actually go? All right, think about it very carefully. Hat on his, boss hat on his head, then he was told to throw it on the floor. Where should the boss hat go? Turn to the person next to you. Where does it belong? Turn to the person next to you. Where does the boss hat now belong? It's quite a tricky question. It's quite a tricky question. Where should the boss hat actually go? All right. Give you another, another five seconds to think through. Where should it go? It's been told. Jeremy said you've got to throw it on the floor. Where should it go? All right. Okay. Who, who thinks it should go on the floor? Oh, hardly anyone. Interesting. Okay. But that means other people have got a different answer. Where should the boss hat go? We've got George. Jer, Jer, that's right. It should go on Jeremy's head. So, Jeremy, you put it on. Give it to Jeremy. Jeremy should wear the boss hat. Because, why is that? When Jeremy says, throw the boss hat on the floor, what does that make him? The boss. Here's the, here's the really important point. You can't get rid of the boss. You cannot destroy the boss hat. Do you understand that? It's, it's, it's hard to get your head on, but you, you cannot throw the hat on the floor. No one can say that without the making themselves in charge. So Jeremy, look, look at that, wearing it well, Jeremy. So now, Jeremy make, makes himself the boss. It's impossible for someone to say, no more bosses. Because if you can listen to them, that makes them the boss, and then you can't listen to them. Kind of blows your mind, doesn't it? But that's the truth. You can't get rid of bosses. Okay, round of applause for these guys. Thanks very much. You can go back to your seats. Thanks, Jeremy. You can't get rid of bosses. It's impossible to get rid of bosses. There must be a boss, always. So that means we are bossable. We are always possible. We're always going to have someone in charge. That's really important. So if someone says, ah, oh, we don't need people in charge anymore, you can say, oh, are you the boss then? You cannot get rid of bosses. So when we hear Jesus say, can we do it? Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We don't need to think, ah, oh, there's no such thing as a boss. What instead we can think is, hmm, somebody wears the boss hat. Somebody wears the boss hat for the universe. Is it Jesus? 
Jesus claims it. Is it him? All right, so that brings us on to our second question. What makes Jesus the boss? We've already thought if someone next to you in your house or down your road or in your class said that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to them, you'd think they're crazy. How can Jesus say it? How can Jesus actually be the boss? Or I'd like another volunteer, um, a specific, much more. Um, I would like, this is a scrambled Rubik's Cube. Is there anyone in here who thinks, with everyone watching them, they can solve this in under a minute? I have to put a time limit on it. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. I've become Heather. Um, oh, the anticipation. It's very, very scrambled. We haven't, I've, uh, I don't know how hard this is. I've become, okay. Just, um, so, here's a scrambled cube. Have you ever seen this? We've not practiced this, have we? No, okay, so Heather's going to start solving this, okay, and I'm going to keep talking so it's not all eyes on her, okay. So Heather's going to just start solving that. We're not going to time you, but now, I've just said, can anyone boss the Rubik's Cube, all right? And most of you didn't put up your hands because you know you can't do it in a minute, certainly not with people looking at you. Now, Heather's going to keep doing this. Now, just think in a moment, if she does solve it, what will that make her? Make her the boss of the Rubik's Cube, right, in here. Now, I know there are a couple of other hands, so maybe we could have a competition, all right? But... Really, she is proving to us that, to almost all of us, she's better than us, yeah? I'm watching that thinking, I can't do that. And you're probably watching that thinking, what's going on? Oh, it's nearly, I'm going to be quiet and watch. It's really fast, isn't it? Woo! Very good, okay. Just stay here for a second, stay here. That's fast, right? Good, good pressure conditions, good training for you, okay. Now, Heather will probably tell you it's not the first time she's held a Rubik's Cube. All right, she didn't just do that for, but she's amazing, isn't she? She's the boss. Is she better than you? Oh, yeah, she's proved it. All right, well done, Heather. Thank you so much. You can get down. Thanks, Heather. <laughs> G uh, Jesus proves it, you see. L Heather came up and proved to us. She said, I I'm the boss, basically. I know that she's not arrogant like that, but she said, yeah, I, I can do it. And she came up and she proved it right in front of us. Just imagine the confidence that took to come up here and do it in front of you all because she knew she could do it. Jesus stands in front of us and says, all authority is mine. And he's proved it. How has Jesus proved it? All right, so Heather does a Rubik's Cube to solve, uh, solve it and show she's the boss of Rubik's Cube. How does Jesus show that he's the boss of heaven and earth? What has Jesus done? Jesus died and he rose. He died on the cross to take our sin and he rose again to give us life. We saw last Sunday, Easter Sunday, he has risen. He has risen. Jesus has proved it. Can you think of anyone else who has done that? Died and risen and lives forever. No. Of course you can't. Jesus has, and that is why he can say, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So he's proved it. Jesus has shown he's the boss. He has proved it to each and every one of us. And not only that, there's another way you can get to be a boss, is if someone says, you're the boss. If someone in charge makes you the boss. Well, who could give Jesus all authority in heaven and on earth? Who rules heaven and earth? Well, we know this, don't we, as Christ Church, because we learn the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is God the Father who rules heaven and earth. And so it is God the Father who gives Jesus that authority. All right, I've got a question up on the screen. For those of us who've been a, a Christian a little while, okay? If you're new to Christian things or you're young, don't worry about not knowing this. But if you've been a Christian a little longer, okay? You can turn to the person next to you and you can just guess if you don't know. Did Jesus have to die and rise before he got all authority, okay? 
Turn to the person next to you. Maybe more if you've been a Christian for a bit longer. Did Jesus have to die and rise? Didn't he already have this? Yes or no? You come up, can you guys come up? All right, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm not going to ask Francis, it's either a yes or no, and people don't like looking like they're wrong. Okay, here is, here is the answer from the Bible. The answer, can you have it up on the screen? This is from Philippians 2. I'm just going to read this out, okay? This is from Philippians 2. It's talking about Jesus. Being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. Jesus died on the cross. The Bible says, these are words in the Bible, Philippians chapter 2. You can look it up. Therefore, yes, is the answer to the question. Jesus was given an authority after he died and rose. He doesn't say it at the beginning of Matthew's gospel. He says it at the end. Jesus the man. Now, we might think, well, what does that mean about him? We can talk about that after. But can we see really importantly that Jesus is given all authority because he proved it? Like Heather came up and showed us, Jesus came into the world and he proved it. And God the Father said, yes, you are the one. I give you all authority in heaven and on earth. And of course, it wasn't a surprise to God the Father because he's the one who sent God the Son. That means we can be utterly sure that Jesus is the boss because he proved it and because God the Father said, yes, he gave it to Jesus because of his death and resurrection for us. Thank you, that can come down. Uh, We're now going to sing a song based on the Lord's Prayer. Let your kingdom come as we praise Jesus and ask for his will. Let's stand together and sing. So we've seen, you can't get rid of bosses. There must always be a boss. And Jesus proved that he is the boss. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That is what Jesus says to us this morning. Jesus is the boss. But we might think, aren't all bosses bad? All right, that's another thing. Okay, we've got lots of bosses in the world, but aren't all bosses bad? A quote up on the screen. Let's get out of the way. Uh, Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Well, I had put a little bit on the bottom that says this is not from the Bible, but that's fallen off. But just so you know, this is not in the Bible. Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Maybe you've come across people saying that. Probably not if you're small, but if you're a bit bigger. The idea that the more you make someone strong, the worse that makes them. And if you make someone really strong, then they become a monster. The idea is that if bosses have power, and they must do to be the boss, they just become more and more bad. So if someone says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, they must be the worst person. That is what that saying would mean. But actually, that saying has got two things wrong. It's got human beings wrong, and it's got God wrong. So apart from that, that's quite accurate. All right, what are the mistakes? What are the mistakes? Uh, The mistake about people is this. This says, people, if we're weak, we're innocent. We're born lovely, and we just stay lovely until someone gives us some power, and then we go bad. That's what that suggests. It says people are innocent until they are powerful. And it makes a mistake about God to say someone who wields all or power must be all bad. And the mistake there is God can't go wrong. He is perfect and pure. People 
on the other hand, in reality, as the Bible says, are sinful. That means we are already corrupted, to use that language. We are already wrong in our hearts. We all know that. As we're, If you're a child, has someone ever taught you to be selfish? Did you ever have lessons to say, here's how you grab something? No, it just comes from within us, doesn't it? And adults, we feel that too, right? We've learned polite ways of managing it, but we still feel it. Mine. Whether we have power or not. All right, I'd like another volunteer, please, just to, just to think this through. Can I have a volunteer? This one doesn't have to say anything. Another volunteer, hand up. Yes, thank you. Is that Aaron? Thank you, yep. Come up. All right, as Aaron comes up, I'd like you to imagine, this isn't true, okay, that Aaron really hates me from the heart. Come up onto the stage, Aaron. Come up onto the stage. Let's, let's say that Aaron really hates me from the heart. Now, right now, it's not straightforward for him to hurt me, okay, because I'm, I'm a bit bigger than him at the moment. Right, so at the moment, let's just imagine, it takes a lot of imagining, that Aaron really like, hates me. Okay? We would say that straight away, like there's something wrong in his heart, okay? but he can't affect me. Now let's give him some power. Just a little bit of power. Okay? Here's a string, string whip. Okay, Aaron, can you hit me with that string whip? So a little bit of power. Let's see, let's see what we can do. Oh. All right, question. Did the string make him bad? No. Where does the badness come from? His heart. That's right. It's inside him. The power didn't corrupt him. He was already corrupted in our imagination. But the string did, just made him a bit more powerful. Do you want to take that? I may have given him instruction that involved the words, please don't hit me. All right, lift it up, Aaron. Let's lift it up, all right? Now, could Aaron hurt me? Yes, very much so. He could hurt me. Did the hammer make him more bad? No. The power just made him stronger, able to do more of what he might feel in his heart. Yeah? We can feel that, can't we? The hammer's just a hammer. It's just, it's just power. What's in a heart that matters? Okay, round of applause for Aaron for self-control. Well done, Aaron. Thank you. Power just magnifies what's in the middle. Power doesn't make us bad. It just magnifies what's in the middle, which makes us ask a very, very important question. What is in the middle of Jesus? That can go down, thank you. What is in the middle of Jesus? Because if he's bad in the middle and he gets all authority in heaven and on earth, that is awful news for everyone. Well, just before Easter, we were looking at Isaiah 52, 53. Many of us were here for that. And we saw there that Jesus was perfect. He was blameless, and yet he took our blame. He suffered in our place. And if you've read the gospel story, you'll know that Jesus is incredibly powerful from the moment he came up to earth. Incredibly powerful. And we saw the miracles. You read about them. Calming the storm. Healing the sick. Jesus had incredible power. Incredible power. Much more than a hammer. Jesus had incredible power. And yet on the cross, he didn't use it. Do you remember even that he was silent? He said nothing so that he might die in our place. Because Jesus loves us. So just think that through. What's in the middle of Jesus? Love. Love. What is in the middle of Jesus? Love for people. Jesus loves us. So for him to be given all authority in heaven and on earth, is that a good thing? 
Yes, because you can't get rid of the boss. Someone has to have the power. Who would you give it to better than Jesus? I'm serious. If you, it was your choice to give someone the boss hat, imagine it's enormous, right? Who would you give it to? You've got to give it to someone. If you are self-aware, you'll know it shouldn't be you, right? How many of us make mistakes? Oh, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I was better than that. And who of us would give it to someone we know in the world around us? Any of our leaders? We can see they're not perfect. The power they have shows what was already on the heart, in their heart. They're the same as in all of our hearts. But Jesus loves us so much. He loved us all the way to death and beyond. Who better to have the boss hat than Jesus? So we can expand our main point. Jesus is the boss we need. Jesus is the boss we want. Jesus is the boss we've got. It's great to have a good boss because he tells us what we need to do. In Matthew 28, he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. He tells us what to do, and that's really good. If you think, oh, what should I, what should I do in my life? The boss tells us. What should we do as a church? The boss tells us. What is our heart for Harpenden and beyond? The boss tells us. Disciples of all nations. And we're going to come on in our um, series coming up in Matthew 10 over the next uh, few weeks to think about our third circle. So that's for those of us who are regulars here. We're moving from thinking about our father's, uh, our father's family, which is church, to thinking about our father's world. How might we go and make disciples and obey our boss? But just for today, before we go there, we heard something from the boss last week on Easter Sunday. We looked at the first 10 verses of Matthew 28. If you were here, just cast your mind back to Easter Sunday. What was the first thing that Jesus, the boss, said to the women as they met him, risen from the dead? What was the first thing Jesus said to the women? You can have a look if you can't remember. Verse 9 of chapter 28. And then verse 10. Verse 9 and 10. What was the first thing he said? Greetings. Hello. Do not be afraid. That is the first thing the boss said to his people. He was risen. He said, hello. Don't be afraid. That's the boss we need. That's the boss we want. And that's the boss we've got. One who tells us not to be afraid. Because he is the boss of life. And he's the boss of death. And he's the boss of life again. He's the boss of heaven. And he's the boss of earth. That's a great comfort to us. Do not be afraid, the boss says. The one who has the biggest boss hat of all says to you, do not be afraid. And then what are his final words at Matthew 28? The last in our reading that we had. You can, they can come up on the screen. This is what the boss says to us. Surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. That is what the boss says to us. At one time I was looking at this and a child asked me, does that mean that Jesus is only here until the end of the age and then he's leaving us? That's an interesting question, isn't it? Actually what's happening here is Jesus is saying to the disciples, you know I'm here right now and you know one day I'm going to come back. But I'm going to leave you for a bit. I'm going to go up to heaven. We see that in Acts chapter 1. What's going to happen between that day and when I come back? And Jesus, the boss, says, says, I'm with you always. All the way up, let alone beyond. And that is why it's so wonderful that the boss sends the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to come and live in our hearts. That he keeps this promise to each of us this morning. That Jesus, the boss, is with us this morning. 
I just wanted to show you one more link. It's, it's really cool. I really enjoy this myself. Calls to weak a word. I find this really encouraging. Up on the screen, thank you. Right, um, again, if you've been a Christian a bit longer, maybe you'll know. Uh, fill in the blanks, all right? So this is the beginning of Matthew's gospel. Right in the beginning, Matthew chapter one. So right at the start of this gospel account, we're told this, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him something, which means something. All right, turn to the person next to you. See what you, if you know. Don't worry if not, but do you know what it is? What do they call Jesus? It's not Jesus here, and it means something. All right, let's, um, I've been told the words are quite faint when they do come up. But um, what, what do they call him? Emmanuel, thank you, if that can come up vaguely. Oh, it's super faint, yeah. Which means, God, if you can read that, God with us. Isn't that amazing? Right at the beginning of Matthew's gospel, they are told someone is going to come called Emmanuel, God with us. And it is there. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You can take it down. It's distracting. You can open it up to Matthew chapter 1 if you want to see it on paper. Jesus' other name is God with us, right at the beginning of Matthew's gospel. And at the end of Matthew's gospel, the risen Lord Jesus, God with us, says, I'm with you always. Surely I'm with you always. That's deeply encouraging to me because Jesus came to be with us and he promised to be with us and he is with us and he will come back to be with us in body. God with us. So let me summarize. Let me summarize. Uh, and then just we'll think briefly about what it might mean to put some of this into our lives. Uh, we can't get rid of bosses. You remember the hat? Well, you can't get rid of bosses. Not possible. Someone has to wear it. The only question is, who? We see in the Bible that Jesus proved it. He proved it by dying and rising again. And because he's the boss, he has ult uh, um, because he's sinless, rather, it means he'll never go wrong. He has power. He has the big hammer. And he has love in his heart. So he can handle the, the power of heaven and earth. And that Jesus is that boss. And he says to us this morning, do not be afraid. I'm with you always. I've come to be with you and I'm with you. Wherever you go this week, church family in Christ church, wherever you go, Jesus is with you. Always. You have it on the authority of the boss. No one can say no to him. He is with you always. So we do not need to fear because the boss is here. All right, just very briefly, I uh, want to ask you a question. This is a one to answer in your head. Who do you follow? Who is your boss? I'm asking you. I'm not asking you who your boss's, uh, parents' boss is or your friend's boss. I'm asking you. Who is, who is your boss? Really, who do you follow? Whose words do you listen to and put into practice? Who is your life resting on? If it's not Jesus... Are they better than Jesus? Is your boss more loving than Jesus? Are they more powerful than Jesus? And if you realize the truth, then you'll realize the right thing to do. Make Jesus the boss of your life. He says what it is here, to be baptized. Now, there's lots of questions here. We haven't got time to go into those. But if you think, yes, I follow Jesus, then come and talk to me or to Phil or one of the other elders. We'd love to talk to you about being baptized. Maybe if you're young, we might uh, have a few things to chat about there. Or maybe if you've been a Christian for a long time and, and there's just something in the background that makes it hard, we'll talk about that too. But baptism here just shows as a way of saying, yes, Jesus is the boss. I know that. And then 
I just in, in that, thinking about, it's striking to me that Jesus doesn't say, be taught and then be baptized. He says, be baptized first. It means you can't have all your questions answered before you come to Jesus. You might think, oh, yeah, I'd like Jesus to be my boss, but I've got a long list of questions. Now, absolutely, let's talk about those. But you're not going to have them all answered. If they're really good, by that I mean difficult questions, you're never going to have them all answered. The simple question is, someone's the boss, who is it for you? Jesus is the best answer, the only answer, the risen saviour. Believe, be baptised, follow Jesus. And together, we can seek to bring his love to other people. We were hearing um, some of us from uh, Rachel earlier. Here's a book, Mark's Gospel in Rangi. Now, I can't read it at all. Got some pictures. It tells people of that, of that people group about Jesus and his words. What a great thing for us to be encouraging and, and praying for. Got their prayer card. You might want to grab one on your way out. They're looking, Jonathan and Rachel, to put these words into practice, to make disciples of all nations, so they might know the words of the boss who loves them. Well, as the musicians come up, well, let's do our, let's do our uh, little memory verse again. One more time. Here we go. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Well, we're going to sing now, uh, singing a song about the call of Christ, our captain, our boss. Please stand and let's sing together.